0: Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study.
1: So, we want to just continue with our theme. Um, Those who are qualified to be in God's vineyard or to be God's workers. So, we want to go again looking at scriptures and we will look at this very, permit me to call it a strange passage. It's not strange in that sense, but God is just raising it up for us as a warning. So that our situation does not degenerate to that point. Um, the reason why I'm just highlighting this very briefly is so that we can always check our hearts that we do not degenerate to a position where we have we do not have weapons, spiritual weapons to confront the enemy in our generation. We've studied this before, we just want to look at it again as part of being equipped as those soldiers of Christ who will be fully equipped to do to do God's work in his vineyard. So is this story in First Samuel chapter 13? I want us to go there. First Samuel 13 um, we'll read it from verse 16. Um, somebody should read it from verse 16 to verse 23. And somebody from the Salido family help us with that? First Samuel chapter thirteen, from verse sixteen to twenty-three. Oh, well, is it First Samuel thirteen? Yes, First Samuel thirteen. Okay. From verse sixteen. Right? Uh, yes, better to see you guys. Uh, what verse do I read up to? From verse sixteen to thirteen to twenty three. Sorry. Okay. Thanks. So Jonathan his son
0: and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin, but the Philistines encamped in Michmash. Okay. Then Raiders came out of the camp of the Philistines in three companies. One company turned onto the road to Ophrah, to the land of Shual. Another company turned to the road to Beth Horon. And another company turned to the road of the boards that overlooks the valley of Seboim toward the wilderness. Now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all of the land of Israel. But the Philistines said, Lest the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites would go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. And the charge for a sharpening was of him for the plowshares, the plowshares, the mattocks, the forks, and the axes, the axes, and to set the points of the goods. So it came about on that day of battle that there was neither sword nor spear found in any hand of any of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son, and the garrison of the Philistines went up to the pass of Midmarsh.
1: Thank you very much. Um, very interesting story. I just thought we studied it a bit just for our own learning and admonition, and also to take note of some pitfalls we notice here. Now, Saul and his son Jonathan, of course, were commanding an army. The Bible talked about in verse 16. So, Jonathan, his son, and the people present with them remained in Gibeah of Benjamin but the philistines encamped in Mishmash. so they were fighting the philistines and it's just one of these very strange situations whereby they were fighting the philistines the bible said the Raiders came out of the camp of the philistines in three companies you know and they talked about what they where they went to the company turned to the road of offer to the land of Shua, another company to the road of beth Horum, another company owned to the road of the border that overlooks the valley of Zeboam, towards the wilderness. Now verse 19 is what we want to look at. The Bible says, there was now, now, there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. For the Philistines said, least the Hebrews make swords or spears. But all the Israelites will go down to the Philistines to sharpen each man's plowshare, his mattock, his axe, and his sickle. And the charge for the sharpening was a pin for the plowshares, the mattock, the forks, the axes, and to set the points of the guards very strange situation and can we can i just establish i i don't think this situation occurred suddenly i don't think all of a sudden the 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 situation whereby there was no blacksmith people who fashioned weapons the situation did not just arise At the time of the battle. You know the Bible. Started by saying now. What happened. That all of a sudden. Those who made weapons. In Israel. Were no more. You see. This scripture. Gives us a current situation. But this this current situation did not just occur with a snap of a finger. It was a problem that arose suddenly because there was no blacksmith. Before the war, before the battle started, the Israelites used to go to the Philistines to sharpen their weapons, to buy weapons. That was the situation. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in battle. And weapons were not available for them to fight. Even those that had a few weapons, they used to go for sharpening. Can you imagine? Sharpening. In the land of the Philistines. And, you know, it's good. Like we, as we are reading it now, we see Situation. But it's good to correlate it with our own spiritual experience. And if we, to be candid, we can correlate this. When the Bible said now, it's talking about a current situation. Battle has come, and suddenly weapons for the army were not readily available. So the first thing we want to Cross check now is what is happening? This is just a personal challenge. What is happening with your own personal life whereby you don't have spiritual weapons readily available to your heart? So, what is what was the state? You see, this this is a question for me too. That my own spiritual life, I am devoid of spiritual weapons. And if I am going to face life, if I am going to go through the battles in life, spiritual battles in life, if I am going to uphold the banner of the Lord Jesus in my generation, I must not go to the world to go and get weapons to uphold the banner of Jesus. That's the first thing. The next thing is if I, if the, the spiritual weapons I have, because there is no spiritual blacksmith, should I now go to the world to get them sharpened? That's the irony we are in. Do you know this situation? Is in this situation we are finding ourselves? This is why you notice you go to some churches, you hear some people preach. They are not preaching the word of God. They are only speaking philosophy. Some of them is, um, what do they call it again? They call it, they don't speak the word of God. They speak, um, they call it, um, Inspirational sayings. Have you heard them before? Eh? It's it's all uh, good talk. Inspirational talk. But it's not the word of God. For instance now. Somebody will tell you. Brethren. Here is a word from the Lord to you. do the ridiculous and you expect the miraculous. Have you heard that before? Eh? They call it positive confessions. You know, they can say things like um, dig deep so that you can get more treasures. <laughs> you know, some of these things on a surface, when you listen to it, is correct. But you see, you must hang any truth we get. It should be anchored in the word of God because that is where the power is. Do you understand? If somebody says, Oh, for you to reap spiritually, you need to sow. Yes, that statement is true, isn't it? But you see, it must be anchored. It must be anchored in the divine truth of the word of God. Because that is where the inspiration is. That is where the power is. You understand? That is where the, 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 the power and the spirit of God that moves it. That is where it's based. In the word of God. It's not just empty talk. Yes, Kevin. Um, oh,
2: correct. But th- there was one. There's one step before that is where the Philistines wouldn't allow them to have smiths. Yes, and we're seeing more and more of that, where we're not allowed to have access or speak the word of God. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, and uh, we were hearing today about how I can't remember what he called it. I hadn't heard about it a bit before my time in the Lord, um, and where a number of ministers were said, "You either sign this or you get out." And they didn't, and and we're we're seeing that happening more and more.
1: Mm, mm. We will we will see. Yes, you know that's a very important point you raised. We will we will see a situation that was self inflicted, but you know I just uh, later on in the uh, Nika, you're welcome. We are looking at First um, Samuel chapter thirteen, examining verse nineteen, verse sixteen to twenty three. So, you know, what you talked about is very important. That's the external aspect. The Philistines, you don't expect them to naturally allow you to have blacksmiths. The Philistines will not make it easy for me and you to have spiritual weapons. You understand? That is their default position. The world will not suddenly allow you. To engage with God so that you can be built up spiritually, the way the world is designed, the world will not allow you sharpen even your spiritual weapons for you to have your spiritual weapons sharpened, the world is going to make it uncomfortable for you. but the reason why we are the Israelites were in that situation was because it has come to a point. That they themselves did not have people who could help them develop and sharpen their own spirit, their weapons. Is the Israelites were a a country of warriors, more or less. You had tribes that were engaged in war. But here, here was a, a very strange situation whereby the Bible said they did not have um people. Let me let me just read it again. Verse 16. It says, so not verse 16. They said in verse 19, now there was no blacksmith to be found throughout all the land of Israel. That's one thing, that's one statement. Eh? For the Philistines said, least the Hebrews make swords or spears. So what has happened that if the Israelites did not have blacksmiths themselves? That's the question. And God is expecting me and you to be challenged in fashioning the word of God for our own application so that it becomes a weapon in our hand. Do you remember when the Bible talked about those who be circumcised in the book of Joshua? the children of Israel were going to be circumcised the second time. The Bible, God told, gave Joshua an instruction. He said, make flint knives for the circumcision, for the second circumcision. So the, the people, the children of Israel, had to fashion knives themselves, flint knives themselves for the circumcision. So for you to be a warrior, For you to be able to fight spiritual battles for the Lord. It's not that the weapon is not there. God is saying, fashion it. The word of God that you have access to. Make it applicable as a spiritual weapon for you in your battle. Because it's a process. The Bible said, for all the Israelites will go down to the Philistines. So they had a deficiency. And the, the, need, the way to feed that deficiency or to meet that deficiency was to go to the world. The world will, that was why even when they went down, look at, they had to charge them. And the same thing applies to us as Christians, as believers. We don't need to go to the world to get spiritual nourishment. We don't need to go to the world to get instruction. For our Christian living. The world will not be able to give you. The world is not a place to go. To get spiritual instruction. To fight your battle. You want to fight a battle. Against temptation for instance. Eh? And you go to the world. What will the world tell you? In their best. In their best goodwill. What will the world say? The world will tell you about self-discipline, self-determination, self-actualization, self-accomplishment. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. (laughs) It's all about self. That is what the world will tell you. The world can't tell you, submit that to the cross. You understand? The world doesn't understand what do you mean the cross. All these Christian um um terminologies for to the world, it is oh well that's what you believe in, it's good for you, but it's not good for us. That's the world. So when you go to the world to try and get or prop up your spiritual state, you'll be very disappointed because the world is not the place to go to. And it's a very bad situation whereby like I was trying to itemize the other time you go to a church and you don't hear the word of God. You just hear sayings. You just hear good talk. You just hear motivational speaking. Inspirational empty talk that has no hinge, no anchor in the divine principles of the word of God. It's a dangerous place because you cannot anchor your heart on motivational speaking. It's not enough. You can't because we need to anchor our lives, our heart on the word of God. That's why we are reading it. Yes, Kevin.
2: Yeah, a good way of sort of describing that today so If you come away saying, Cool, oh, that that guy, that person, that, that you know, that preacher. It was really good. It was really good. Of, you know, that really motivated, felt really good at that. Instead of saying, coming away, saying, God is really good, or Jesus is really yeah, good. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference between the two speeches mm, the two preachers. Mm. You and see, that's why... the example
0: what...
1: of that, George uh, yeah. is yeah. uh, because um, I've been uh, watching, you know, the God's channel, like Joel Austin. It's yeah. like, you know, his gospel, it's like, feel good. It's just only talking about good life here on earth,
2: mm.
1: and even his books, it's just all like motivational uh, books and not even a single uh, phrase of God. Mm. The, what was the title of his last book? Now I forgot, but um, it's just feel good, uh, you know, mm. book. And even mm. his preaching. That's why he attracts. Tens of thousands every single Sunday because of you know like motivational speaking. Mm. It, you know this motivational speaking, it's um, it's is one of those things whereby you have to be as a Christian. You have to, you have to insist if you are going to, you see, because motivational speaking is what anybody does. Uh, uh, Any politician can do motivational speaking. You know, I've heard politicians talk and their language has been fashioned around that. It's all about, oh, um, it's all centered on self, to motivate Mr. Self. And it does not give you an anchor in the hope you have in Jesus. That's why every Christian needs to be careful. The reason why we insist that we are going to open the Word of God and read it ourselves is so that we do not anchor any truth, any understanding on its own. We anchor it based on what the Bible has said. For instance, we are looking at this situation, this bad situation, whereby... The Phil the, the Philistines, uh, the Israelites have to go to to the Philistines to sharpen their weapons. And we are warning ourselves: on oh, no, in no, in no circumstance should you go to the world to sharpen, to try and sharpen your spiritual implement. They can't do it. Even when they attempt to do it, it they will give you something fake. That you cannot fight anything with. Now, I just wanted us to go straight to... the. You know, I highlighted in verse 19 that... That now was something that developed. It was not a studying occurrence. It was a chronic thing. That's why in verse 22, the Bible said, So it came about... On the day of battle, there was neither sword nor spear found in the hand of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. Can you imagine? On the day of battle. So when this situation arose, when suddenly there was no blacksmith, it was a chronic issue. It It was an ongoing problem that suddenly, when they now needed weapons to fight, the day of battle came. There was no weapon to be found. And you see, we we too must be careful that we do not suddenly enter the day of battle and there is no spiritual weapon available to you to stand up for Jesus. Because it came. So it came about on the day of battle. When the day of battle comes the question is where are your spiritual weapons? Will you suddenly be found without any armor? Like the Bible encourages us put on the whole armor of God that you may stand. That's the encouragement. We must not be found suddenly without any weapons, it is not good for a Christian that suddenly you don't have weapons. No. The word of God that should be sharp in your tongue, on your tongue, suddenly you find out that, ah, there's nothing inside. And you don't suddenly come to that. Do you understand? When you have not been storing the word of God in your heart, Eh? when you have not been Engaging with the Word of God personally, when the Holy Spirit has not been mulling the Word of God with you, and you are meditating on the Word of God in your heart, this is what it comes to. Suddenly, the day of battle will come, and there will be nothing. That must not be our testimony. Now, the Bible talked about that on one hand, but look at look at a very grave situation. The Bible said in verse 22. On the day of battle, there was neither sword or spear found in the hand of the people who were with Saul and Jonathan. But they were found with Saul and Jonathan, his son. Can you imagine? Or am I reading that wrongly? Can we have another translation? In verse 22. Do you notice what was happening there? Can we this from another translation? If you have New Living Translation, please.
0: Um, NLT. Yes. So, on the day of battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or spear except yes. Saul and Jonathan. Mm.
1: Except Saul and Jonathan. What a bad situation. Eh? Beloved brethren. Only Saul and Jonathan had weapons. Can you imagine? Very bad. Should you does that not challenge us? That even spiritual battles, beloved brethren, you cannot fight your spiritual battles alone. You need brethren, you need other Christians who are also equipped with their own armor of God, be done with you in fighting spiritual battles. That's why you must never, no matter how God is helping you, be a one-eyed man in the land of the blind. You understand? You must not be like Adoni Bezek. Adoni Bezek was this very bad king in the book of Judges. Do you remember? Judges chapter 1. That terrible king who cut off the thumb eh? and the big toes of his subjects, of the elders or the rulers with him. And a king who was ruling over people who did not have big thumbs and big toes. Who did not have thumbs and toes, big toes. We saw in this story that it was only Saul and Jonathan that had weapons. How do, how, I know they were leaders, but beloved brethren, we too can be leaders in our own sphere of influence, spiritual influence. And we're working to see that people around us, Christians around us, also are equipped with their own spiritual weapons. How was Saul and Jonathan going to go and fight Philistines, and it was only two people that had weapons. Do you know some? You know some. um, Some. um, I know in 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 the world where there are all these leaders are fighting war and everything what they do is that they, they control who has the weapons so that there won't be rebellion. <laughs> so that people will not suddenly turn back and um, cause trouble. So they control who has the weapons. But you see, the Bible is challenging us very clearly in this scripture that We, by God's grace, should not be Christians without spiritual weapons. We should be Christians who are fashioning weapons, spiritual weapons, who are using weapons, the spiritual weapons God has given us. We are are arming ourselves. We are wearing our whole armor so that on the day of battle, because, beloved brethren, there will be several times where we are going to be facing situations, where we need to stand up. You don't stand on your own. You stand based on the weapons God has given you. Look at look at Ephesians just to remind us of Scripture. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. No, no Christian can stand on his own without these weapons. Look at it. Um. I will read verse Ephesians six verse ten and eleven. Look at what the Bible says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil do you do you do you see let me just read verse 13 it says therefore take up the whole armor of god so that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and haven't done all to stand god is looking for those of us who withstand. stand but how can you stand when you have you don't have weapons you've not put on the whole armor of God You know, when the Bible was saying in verse 10 that my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. How can you be strong? You can't be strong by yourself. You are only strong in the Lord. And God is telling us and showing the pathway of being strong in him by putting on not the weapons, not the armor that the Philistines would give you. He said the armor of God. You see, it's not the sword that the Philistines will give you. It's the armor. Eh? It's the breastplate of righteousness. The shield of faith. Helmet of salvation. All those things are the armor of God. You can't get it in, in the world. The sword of the spirit which you should arm yourself with, the word of God, you don't get it in the world, is the armor of God. And we need to submit our heart regularly to the armory. Submit your heart to the word of God so that you can be armed. So that your spirit can be challenged and armed with the word of God. So that in case the enemy comes, you are able to stand you can't stand on your own, you can't just be strong on your own like that. You understand? You you don't know the boldness people have when they carry a weapon. Huh? They are so bold when they carry a weapon. That's in the world. Excuse me. How can you be bold spiritually when you have the, the word of God is not in your heart? Are you able to withstand? Look at who we are withstanding the devil. Is the devil with all his scheming and scamming, with all his tricks, we are only able to stand when we can when we can engage the armor of God. So, beloved brethren, I don't intend to make this study long. I just wanted we should highlight and challenge our hearts afresh this evening about arming ourselves with the word of God. Is so important. Jesus said, if you do not have a sword, eh, sell your garment and go and buy one. That's what scripture says. Hmm? Is you know, the word of God is likened to your necessity. We all need clothes, isn't it? We need clothes. It's so important. Thank God in the UK, you cannot walk out, walk around naked. If you do that, they will arrest you. Thank God. At least we we still have that sanity, isn't it? We still have that decency. They will arrest you for indecent exposure because you are not wearing clothes. Hmm? God, Jesus is saying, if anyone that does not have a sword, what what should he do? He should go and sell his clothes. (laughs) He's telling me and you how necessary, how necessary you need the sword of the Spirit. And if you don't have the sword of the Spirit, what should you do? Go and buy. So, what do you do? Buying means you give up something to get it. So, you need to give up sleep to get the word of God. Those pleasures, you just want to relax. You want to have a lie And you just want to sleep without reading the word of God. The Bible is saying, go and buy the sword. Go and buy the sword of the spirit. It's so important. You know, even us this evening, you could be doing other things. You could be watching, breathing God's talent. But you are here, trying to buy the spirit. Sorry, trying to buy the sword of the spirit. You are giving up your time so that you can sit down and engage the word of God with your heart. So, beloved brethren, let's be encouraged. We have so many spiritual battles to fight. Some of it, we are facing it as we speak. We cannot give up now. The world, we don't have any other option. That's why I like what um, Peter said. You remember Peter, Peter, in John chapter 6, when they asked Peter and the disciples, Jesus asked them, will you also go away? And it was interesting. Jesus said, and so Peter said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You know, we don't, as Christians, beloved brethren, we don't have any reasonable option. But to get this, engage our hearts with the Lord Jesus, so that we can get the sword of the Spirit. If you decide to turn back, you are turning back into darkness. All those disciples in John chapter six that left Jesus, we did not hear of them again. When they stopped following Jesus, they turned back. They become, they became um, prey for the enemy because they did not have their weapons. I trust that the Holy Spirit will help you. You'll be encouraged again to go for the Word of God. Arm your spirit with the the sword of the Spirit so that you'll be taking up the whole armor of God. All this this armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, shield of faith, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, um, your your feet being shodded with the shoes of the gospel, all these have close relationship with the word of God. You know, how can you have, how can you wear the helmet of salvation when you don't believe the word of God and what he says about salvation? How can you wear the breastplate of righteousness when righteousness itself is anchored in the word of God? You understand? The belt of truth itself, the word of God is true. The gospel, the shoes of the gospel that we are meant to wear. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where is the anchor, please? The word of God. So even the whole armor of God is directly related with the word of God. So, brothers and sisters, may the Lord help us as we keep working with the Lord Jesus to make priority the need to arm ourselves with the Word of God. Always. Every passing day, trust the Holy Spirit to help you engage with the Word of God so that your heart can be refreshed in His presence. We don't have any other option. This is how we are going to survive in these last days. To be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. I'll stop here.
0: Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m.